I think that the majority of people who have wealth today, it's in real estate in some degree or in some space. What about crypto? I was just saying not these days. Like for, I was not even going to mention that because I felt bad. Like, But yeah, I think, and that's a good lesson that a lot of people have learned that maybe, you know, diversification is good. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Well, we finally did it, Heather. We did, right? How many years did this take us? I don't know. It took. Um, I don't. I know. I don't speak. I don't speak loud enough and not close enough. I'm sure you'll be doing. I that might this remind whole time. you a few times during the podcast. That was subtle. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you should say, "Welcome to the Turning Profit yep. Podcast." It's been many years in the making, I should say. Heather had this idea to get this podcast mm-hmm. started. I don't know. 2017. Was it 2017? Uh-huh. That's many years ago now. It took me this long to get it done. Yeah. Jeez, what have you been doing for this whole time? I don't know. I've been working on some various things we've got going on. But it is a it is a, a great thing to finally be here and actually recording our very first episode. The Turning Profit podcast is kind of going to be about real estate investing, real estate investing models, how we uh, invest in real estate and make money at it, how we, you know, in our, our constant attempts to to earn wealth from our real estate endeavors. Right. And we're going to be showcasing everybody that is an expert in the field and different ways that you can do it. You mean there are more experts than us? I know, right. Than you. You're you're the real estate expert for sure. I just like the money. Oh, okay. You're the expert in, in <laughs> dealing with the money. I love the real estate. You love the deal. Yes, I do love the deal. You love the yeah. deal. So it doesn't matter how you like what kind of real estate deal, you just love the deal. Mm-hmm. And I love the money from the deal. <laughs> and I and I love real estate and I think it's interesting, but I'm also definitely more I always said conservative, but I don't think that's the right word, like chicken, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? I like chickens and I don't think that's fair to chickens. So I'm just more of the um, pessimist and you're more of the optimist. I, I certainly am an optimist. Right. And, and maybe to my own fault sometimes because I view everything with these uh, rose-colored glasses. Maybe I should get some of those. Well, that's what show. I'm here for, right? <laughs> I'm here to knock that down and bring the realism, but also probably too much realism. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting balance. It is a balance, and I think that's why it's worked for us because yeah. um, I'm the aggressive one, you're the conservative one, and we balance each other out. You kind of knock me down when you know I get it a little over. And you raise me up. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I do. Yes. That's funny. I think that if we were going to summarize the podcast, it's just, you know, for people who love real estate and Mm -hmm. you might not even know how you love real estate or in which ways or how all that kind of stuff. But I think that our job here is to showcase all the different ways that you can do real estate. Right. And and make money from it. Right. That's the main goal. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to love business from it, I guess. I mean, there's uh, you can dabble in real estate investing. Mm -hmm. You can also create a real systematized business from it that keeps churning out income over and over again. So, Am I making you uncomfortable staring at you in the eyes? No, that's okay. <laughs> that's no, funny. You don't make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, ooh. I'm like, after, oh. after how many years of marriage? I don't even know. That's unfortunate. We'll let you just stew in that one for a little bit. Um, 20-something years. Yep. Been a long time. Yep. If you know how old your oldest daughter is, you can add a year. Okay. That's All right. how I do it. How old is she? <laughs> that's great. 
<laughs> so 23 years, right? Or she's uh, 22, so 23 yeah, years. Yeah, so keep listening for a lot of other bad jokes. Yeah, he, he's here to deliver. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I think that's a good segue into kind of how this all started for us. Because we bought, I was thinking about this this morning, we bought our first house when I was 22. And Did we really? Did uh -huh. we really? 22 yeah. years old? I was 22. And they approved us for a loan? I know, right? I know. Crazy. And so how old would you have been? 25, maybe? I think so. Yeah. But yeah. our real estate story actually starts before I was even born. Did you know that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it tell started us, when you were born. Oh. Right. Yes. Because here's the deal. Um, your parents didn't own a house yeah. while you were growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that our whole real estate story started when you were born living with parents who didn't buy a house. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the whole reason, like I try to get into the the deeper aspects of real estate because right. if you talk to people, it's not just real, real estate, it's not just real estate, it's security, it's scary, it's, you know, their future, it's all these different things, but it comes down to like, what's the drive? Like my parents had a house, actually my dad bought the house I grew up in before he even met my mom. Mm, okay. So that sucks, right? My mom mm -hmm. didn't even get to pick the house, but yeah. Yeah. I think she liked it. Yeah. It was a great house to grow up in, but so I didn't have that same drive that you did. My parents had a rental property too that they bought that they were going to move into, which didn't happen, which was probably a very big stroke of luck for them, right? Right. Because it's appreciated. It's the traditional way, right? Mm -hmm. That's the one everyone talks about. But let's get back to your story. So why do you, th why do you think that I think that that has such a big deal? Like in our story. Well, because I've told you that. Right. But even deeper than that. It is a, it is a lot deeper than that. I mean, really, I mean, that was kind of my, my dream growing up that my parents would buy a house mm -hmm. and I tried to talk them into it all the time. And it just wasn't something that was a priority for them. You know, all my friends had their own houses and they had, you know, a nice backyard and everything. We lived in an, apart an apartment and, um, which there were some decent things about it, but there were also a lot of drawbacks in my mind, at least. So mm -hmm. that was always something that I carried with me. And I thought like, when I grow up, I'm going to buy tons of houses. And I, I mean, maybe I didn't think tons of houses, but I did really want to own my own house. And that was kind of one of my first priorities. Right. And his parents have since bought a house and they've had it for- With our assistance. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Were you actually their agent? I don't- I believe I, you so. found I, it. Yes. Yes. We were their agent, but we gave them the commission that I- Right. That and, I would have earned. And then they used it to- That's funny. I forgot that part. But- um And- I think that they would say that was one of the best things because now they have stabilized. Like they don't have to worry about the price of rent going up or right. You know, it's all just that. security, right? That and for them, that's what it was. And I think mm -hmm. that goes back to how real estate's so many different things for so many different people. But so when you came into the relationship, that was a big deal to you. And right. I, remember, I probably told you that from our first date. Like yeah, we're like Maybe. yeah. I, I want to get into real. I love real estate, and you were a financial advisor then, correct? Mm -hmm. And yeah. you had different series of licenses that I don't remember. Series seven, series mm -hmm. sixty three. Sounds and fun. that's what I thought I wanted to do. I wanted to be a, a financial advisor, stockbroker. Right. And uh, graduated from college. And that's, I thought, what my career path was going to be. And then little did I know it was not what I wanted to do. What's the one line that you would kind of go into when you, you always talk about why you got out of that? Well, I was 23 years old. And I was telling people how to invest their life savings and I was living paycheck to pay paycheck. Right. And you were 23. Right. You know, I mean. And it probably wasn't even living paycheck to paycheck because like my paycheck wouldn't even last till the next paycheck. Right. Right. You know, and that's the reality. And also, do you remember how easy credit cards were back then too, though? Like I was yeah. just talking to our daughters about that on the college campus. They'd be like, here's a slice of pizza. Mm -hmm. You can have if you apply for this credit card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fill out this application. Like what? Like, or here's a backpack. You'd see everyone wearing those backpacks. <laughs> um, 
that really has something to do with the real estate, but it just kind of puts the, I guess it does in the sense that it shows what the credit climate was like then. Right. So, and that was back. So we bought our first house in 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah. Okay. So we're 2022 here, almost a 2023. Mm-hmm. It was an off market deal. Did you remember that? Our house was? Mm-hmm. Remember it was, it was a for was. sale by owner. You're right. It was. And I remember, do you remember that? How, why I was insulted? Yes, I do remember why you're insulted, but to tell, please tell us a story. No, no, no. You can, we were sitting down. Well, it was right. We were signing. Right. We were, we were buying the house from, from a couple that was, I think they were building a new house. Right. Close to where the original house was, but it was an upgraded house. And, uh, they were telling us as we were signing some of the paperwork or maybe doing a home inspection, something like that. And they're like, yeah, we're, we've got this new house telling us all, all the things about it. And she's like, it's got a jacuzzi tub in the Batmaster bathroom. She's like, I don't know how anyone lives without a jacuzzi tub in their bathroom. And we're thinking, this house doesn't have a jacuzzi tub. (laughs) Did that house even have a bathtub? I don't, yeah, I'm not even sure. I don't even know if it did have a bathtub. Yeah, I don't think it did. But we were both, and we were so excited to buy this house. I mean, it's your first house, right? It was like a typical three bedroom, two bath. $195,000. Yeah, $195,000 in Southern California, San Diego. And I don't know, I was super excited. And then I remember she said that. And I guess I wasn't insulted, but I was just kind of like, oh. One of those things you heard, yeah, you're kind of like, hmm. And then later when we went to kind of, talk about process or like, you know, that's kind of, <laughs> kind of weird. I mean, if it was someone, if it was someone else that was maybe like not completely sold on the house, they might've been like, you know, we don't need this house yeah, or we're, something. We're out of here. We were committed, but you know, we were if excited. she would have said that to the wrong person, you know, they might've um, walked. But. Oh, but it was just very funny. But that's the story I remember of that house. It was a great house. It served its purpose well. It was our first foray into investing too, because we lived there for one year mm-hmm. and then we rented it out for another year was it one year we lived there for and then yeah, it out yeah. for another year we lived there for almost like just over a year yeah we had some pretty crappy tenants that literally there was <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing as far as screening tenants mm-hmm. they were a young couple military couple and they looked great on the surface and we we're like this is this is going to be great and they ended up getting a divorce or it something a lot like of mid- personal yeah drama and also being in the military he had you know he was straddled with a lot of those kinds of things. So like, thank you to him for that. But that wasn't even the issue. Do you remember? The, well, and it, it came down to like, they'd call in the middle of like, we can't turn off the sprinklers. Right. Yeah. They couldn't they, figure out how to like, it was the crank the ones, you know, yeah, right. but that wasn't the issue. The issue was, yeah, they didn't pay rent. And then when we finally got there, there was like, it's kind of trashed. Yeah. And the amount of animal feces that was all over was like, I had never seen before. You mean dog crap? Yeah, that's what I was trying not to say. But I was like, oh my gosh. And I think I was pregnant with our second daughter at the time. And it was like the most nauseating thing. So that might have played into it too. And you know what made it worse is that was our first venture into home remodeling as Mm -hmm. well. So we were watching lots of stuff on HGTV and Uh crown molding, I remember, put up. I loved that. It was very, very poor quality work. No, yes. well, it I mean, was very poor. Quality, you weren't the most yeah. skilled person, but I thought it was great. But you know, I think they, that was probably also what made it harder to see tenants destroy it was because it was like blood, sweat, and tears. Like it right. was personal, which is the number one lesson we've learned: don't make it personal. Right. You know. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I realized that after that house that I probably wasn't, probably shouldn't be doing the, the renovations myself. Right. And we actually questioned if we wanted to be tenant. I mean, uh, yeah. Landlord. Thank you. Yeah. For some time we, mm-hmm. we backed away from that. Just, just because of that one thing. Yeah. And, and in reality, if we would have done a better job screening the tenants, it would have been a much 
different, much better experience. I mean, we could dive into that. There's a lot more right. <laughs> in, under that story. But after that, you know, we ended up actually moving out of that house so we could rent it out. And then we stayed in your parents' garage for a while. Yeah. Well, that was not by, that wasn't, I shouldn't say not by choice. It wasn't not by choice, but I was on bed rest for about out of six months and I needed round the clock care and you were working and and to be fair it wasn't really there I mean it was a converted garage uh-huh. so. it's like our own little apartment but it was still it was you know that's what we did I still had to live with my mother-in-law which was sore subject right yeah. I know <laughs> and you'd say that to her if she was sitting right yes, here I would. and she'd yes. give and it I right have. back to you yeah exactly and then after that that baby came out happy and healthy she's actually our easiest kid and she's now 20 years old now right I know yeah. yeah the the 22 year old not not as easy Right. Right. Uh, she's easy now, but she was a, a little more difficult. She's also highly intelligent. Right. Put that out there. Right. But so we bought a house, though, while I was pregnant. So we were living in a garage. We owned a rental and we bought a house that we remodeled. Right. While I, we were, I was pregnant and we were living in my parents' garage. Right. That's fun. Right. Um, and then we ended up moving into that second house. Right. After Ashley was born. Right. I'm trying to remember like that whole thing. We actually, we did remodel that one too. We remodeled that, but we, we did it more as, as well, we were living there as mm-hmm. we were remodeling it. And I think we lived there maybe a couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, we started, we had a business at the time, which was selling um, used cars. Yeah. We actually own a used car lot. That, yeah. Not, but, not something I go around telling people I was a used no. car dealer, but I actually am pretty proud of that one because we were really able to niche that down to a certain segment of that. And it was like really needed. It was like cars for under $2,000, mm-hmm. which that could never happen today. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you could get a car under 2000 that ran, yeah, let alone no. smogged. And- no, we, we, we kind of stumbled into a little niche there because we found this good source where we could buy up like company owned and city owned vehicles and things like that. And then we were just reselling them. Right. Uh, and as far as the car business goes, I know it sounds a little strange. <laughs> like, how did we get in the car business? Mm-hmm. But I kind of put myself through um, college oh, yeah. at the very end, like selling new cars and uh, Acuras and Subarus and learned kind of the ins and outs of the car business. And then Heather became our top salesperson at the car lot. Right. And how and that's the crazy thing. Yes. Well, you were always off buying them. So I was working a lot with, you know, sometimes with a couple of kids, like a baby and a toddler and and it worked. Well, sales is about connecting with people. Heather's very good at connecting with people. And nice. she's also good at selling cars. Well, so, <laughs> learned as from- a result. <laughs> uh, and that was really fun, though. And I think that that's one of the jobs that are jobs, businesses that we've had that I've learned the most from. Oh, yeah. yeah you know? Paperwork, dealing with people, mm-hmm. um, sales. DMV. I like working with government agencies because, you know, a big part of that was doing all the paperwork with the DMV and it was interesting. And even now into what we're doing with our, with our real estate investing, we, we buy and sell land for the majority of our business. And it's very similar. I think about it all the time, all the similarities between that car business, because it was about buying a car and then reselling it for right. a higher amount. So. And a lot of times we did the same thing that we do now. We did some um, superficial or basic things to bring up the value. Mm-hmm. You know, like the cars were well taken care of so, and the land is is good land, you know? And so we would do, I mean, do car washing. Like just washing it down was a good thing. Like putting, what did we do? We used to put new we, mats yeah, we, we used to go over to Walmart and buy new um, <laughs> wheel covers <laughs> yeah, and floor mats. So crazy. And we detailed everything. Sometimes mm-hmm. we got it painted. 
Right. Um, we we had a mechanic on 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 staff like full time, and he would go through all the cars and kind of do all the maintenance issues that were needed. So we'd take care of all that stuff. We'd we'd make them look good, and then we'd resell them. Yeah, and we had tons of people that were just um, repeat customers buying it for their own businesses. They'd be like, mm-hmm. anytime you know, we'd call them, say we got one in, and they'd be like, we'll be right down there to get it. It was great, and and I think a lot of that pertains perlays or or. Per- What's the word I'm looking for Conveys? here? Conveys. I don't know. Yeah, you know, somehow it has to do with the land business in the sense that you're doing the same kind of thing. You might do some improvements to it mm-hmm. um, and better marketing, all that kind of stuff, and 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 then present it to more of a public facing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then we we did that house. Um, and then this is when we bought this house. Yeah, lived there for a couple of years, and then the market started kind of going up, right? What year does that take us to? 2005? Yeah, 2005. First of all, we should mention that we sold that initial house mm-hmm. and we ended up making, I don't know, maybe pocketing $50,000 off of it or something at the time. It seemed like- Oh, a, yes. The first house. I was like, right. the second house, we made more than that. But yeah. Right. Yeah. And we made something like that and it was like jackpot. Right. I mean, oh, that, the time, was... that was just like a tremendous amount of money and it seemed like a really good. And it was kind of like, wow, can it be this easy? You just buy a house and kind of fix it up a little bit and you make all this money. Do you but, wish we still had that house? Oh yeah, I wish we had pretty much every single piece of real estate we ever bought. But uh, that's we know. always talk about. What's our biggest regret? It's ever selling anything. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, with a few caveats. Some I'm I'm okay with. We sold, you know. Yeah. But um, uh-huh. okay, so we did that. Then we we buy the second house, um, and then we buy a third house, right? And is that as the market's going up? What year is that? Oh yeah, it was still going up. I think 2005. 2005. So that's right. to me that seems like when it really started to go up, though. Right. Like the other, that was just kind of a when we bought the first house, it was kind of a, not a down market, but just kind of a stagnant. Yeah. It was just not a very exciting market. Mm. Okay. And then did we, I think we might've bought a house before that. Basically that during that time we started buying, we, mm-hmm. we started thinking like this could be a business in itself, you mm-hmm. know, like buying and selling houses because we kind of figured out what we needed to do in order to fix up these homes. And then what they could be worth, you know, like we saw the vision in them at the time, you know, there were some shows on TV about flipping. It's just, I don't think it was like as big of a thing as it is now, but there were some people doing it. We were interested in that because we would watch all these shows on TV and kind of get excited about it. We were like, we could do this. I think the first one we bought for an investment was right around that same time. Remember we bought that, we bought a house and, um, it was, it was really a crazy story and kind of got us really hooked on oh, yeah. real estate investing. We bought this house for 700 something thousand. Anyhow, w- the bottom line is we bought it with an 80-20 loan, which they don't do those anymore. But at the time they were doing the loans that were 80% first mortgage, 20% second mortgage, but they do them at the same time. So you don't have to come in with the down payment. Right. You just cl- closing costs and stuff right. like that. So as long as you had you know decent credit, and your stated income, even I think at the time. Yeah, so you just said like, okay, I make this much. And uh, it's a crazy, crazy time in the lending business. But anyhow, uh, we bought that property like that, zero money out of pocket. And then we had someone that wanted to buy it right away from us without even doing anything with it. Yeah, we, were right. gonna, we were going to do some minor stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like painting and, you know, some, some different things like that. But um, someone wanted to buy it and we ended up profiting. I don't know what. It was over $100,000. Yeah. Before the first payment was made. And that wasn't our intention at all. Right. Like, that's the crazy thing. And I also want to go back to like, yeah, the stated income. We have always been very careful to make sure that we state what we actually are making. Mm-hmm. But there was people during that time that were figuring out that 
Oh yeah, he that's- could say whatever. There would be, you know, someone that had a documented job. It was pretty set what their income was going to be, and they were stating they were like, you know, making millions a year. Right. And for some reason, that you know, and that's that's crazy. Right. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. So yeah, it's uh, it was a weird time because everyone in the real estate industry was making money. The real estate agents, the title companies, the escrow companies, the uh, you know, like the appraisers, the, oh, yeah. you know, the home inspectors, like so many different people make money off of a real estate transaction. And it was kind of like feeding upon itself that the mortgage brokers, you know, everything, it was kind of like the perfect storm in, in the wrong, in the wrong way. Like things just got out of hand. And then I think that's what led to the real crash. You know, there's kind of re- recessions in real estate. Then uh, every once in a while have, you have these crashes and that was definitely a crash. A yeah. Bad one. You know, when we look back and we talk about it, like um, we were young and we, you know, I think your limit, your, your understanding of a market or understanding of anything is limited by how long you've been doing it or how long you've been in and what you've seen. And, you know, at the time we thought, well, gosh, this is, this is all we know. This is pretty cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we didn't know, yeah, you hear about these things, but you know, you're in your whatever, you just haven't seen much. And we talk about things now and we were just talking about how we had a broker that even at one point was like, Hey, you know, even if you can't close, like if at any point you can't close it, I'm happy to, to give you some money to close them. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the mortgage broker, and you're like, we didn't like looking back, like what in the world? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, wh- I know. how did that I happen? Fly now. <laughs> or um, do you remember at the title insurance reps were allowed to like buy you things? Oh yes, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like as an agent on that side of things. It's just all these things that have completely changed that have made everything, I think, a lot more safer experience for everybody. Right. Okay. So getting back to the timeline mm-hmm. on things, um, we. So we started flipping houses and mm-hmm. we started doing really well with it. We learned a lot about right, home renovations, yeah. you know, like the whole process. And we also realized that like, hey, we're giving up a lot of profit in commissions. And you were, and, and that's not the same thing about agents because I've been an agent. I'm not right now. You're a broker. You still are a broker and definitely have a place in this. But the problem was with this in our situation was that you have always loved finding the deals. You've been really good about understanding market conditions, you understand, um, you know, what things are worth areas, all that kind of stuff. And you were doing all the research, you were doing everything, you were finding all the deals down to the, you know, it got to the point where you were like, Hey, just call them up. You know, you were telling the broker, Hey, call up the other broker, get me the code and I'll, we'll just go look at it, Mm -hmm. you know, because we knew we needed to jump on it. So you, you know, we're sitting there. I know exactly when we were thinking about it too, Mm -hmm. sitting there going, you know what, there's something missing here. Like we're doing all this work. I'm not sure what is being brought to the table on one side. And the other side is that you're really good at negotiating. You know what I mean? I'm not as good of a negotiator. Like, you know, I, I think you sell yourself short. Well, you're very, very good at it. The goal is, is getting A and B to create C, right? And for me, I remember that, but I'm not as level-headed. I, I can get more hot-headed, you know? And it's not personal That's for you, true. right? I know, I know. Good good answer <laughs> to cut this out. We'll be right now. Um, but you're really good at that. So, you know, there's the finding the deal, there's negotiating the deal, and then there's closing the deal. And you're good at that too. So it's kind of like, I'm not sure what they're bringing to the table. Right. Yeah. And and that all those factors kind of combined and we decided like, hey, let's just get a real estate license. So I got my broker license, you got the salesperson license, mm-hmm. and then 
you know, it, it was great because then it allowed us to kind of like, we were getting all our deals from the MLS, like on the market. So we were able to kind of like monitor it very closely, go over there and look at a property, schedule a showing or whatever we had to do as soon as something hit the market. Then we were able to list it ourselves and it felt like control that a little bit more. Like when every buyer league came in, it was like a, a real, you know, it was a real situation because I took it everything seriously. Right. As you could say. And you knew the properties. So right. someone's calling and asking like, you know, it's not an... And eight, I mean, it would be great if every agent knew every single thing, but come on, that's not fair to ask of them, you mm -hmm. know, but you do that like, oh, you know, I want the water heater on the east side or no, actually, I have a perfect example. You did work with someone who was like, I need to know which way it was feng shui. Yeah. Yeah. Feng you know, shui. and it was I can't even remember what the questions were, but it was like, is the angle on the left side, blah, blah, you know, yeah, there's a front door open to the west. I think it is. And then you there know. was something in the backyard about going down. Mm -hmm. And then there were some other things that and that wouldn't be fair to expect, you know, an agent or broker to know, like right then you knew that because you it was your house, you know, that house, you know, you've done all that work. And then a good agent would have said, Hey, I'll go over there and check it out. But that wouldn't have been instant. So, so you get your license, you're a broker. I'm an agent, top performing agent. You were, you were an agent, but that, yeah, exactly. The only agent in the brokerage. I think I sold, I think I was procuring cause of two deals maybe. Yeah. You sold two, a couple of different properties. Right. 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 There's people you knew and worked with and right. found them good places, you know? I was, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yeah. I was not the best agent at all. But you turned out to be a great broker. I'm fine doing paperwork. I actually like the the meeting people and showing them stuffs, but showing them stuffs. <laughs> but you're really good at the at finding the deals. And well, thank you, Heather. And, the, and when it comes down to it, that's what in a lot of markets, that's what people want or finding the exact house, you know? Right. Okay. So you're better at the non-emotional stuff. I can understand their emotional needs sometimes. Right. Okay. It's true. So- that's a good pairing. Um, so we didn't set off to help people do that though, right? Like we it was, did, yeah, it was actually no thought in our head even to really like work with any other clients. Right. We never wanted to be real estate agents or brokers, but when you have friends and they see the deals that you're doing and they're like, Hey, I want to get an, you know, an investment property. Will you help me? You look like a big jerk if you're like, no, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> yeah. No. And I was like, well, you know, we could make a commission off that. It makes sense. Like, you know, sure. And, um, and they weren't deals that we were like after because we wouldn't, it wouldn't have Different been right. Kind of property, exactly. You know? Okay. So we helped a few people do that. Um, and then where we get jumping to, that was probably, yeah. that was the six to 2007. Right. Seven. Yeah. And okay. you know, and then we, you know, we were flipping homes and everything and then the market crashed mm -hmm. and then, you know, luckily we weren't holding too much uh, inventory at the time, but we knew that the flipping model really wasn't going to, to work. I mean, in, in hindsight, it probably would have, but at least at the time we were thinking this flipping thing is not good now. Like the market's crashed, you know, blah, blah, blah. So Heather, in her infinite wisdom, um, said, hey, you know, you've got your broker's license. I think you'd be really good at um, selling bank-owned properties. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I think I could think I could do that. And then, and great, and good news. There's an abundance of them right now, yeah, Pete. And that's what was selling. Yeah, you know, so that's where the market was. Like bank-owned properties were where it was at for a number of years. So, got into listing those. So then, at that point, like, like we kind of shifted from investors to just just a brokerage that deals in bank-owned properties. Right, and I think if I back up a little bit before any of this came like bank owned properties, right? Before I even thought of the, anything like that, there was a time period where it was kind of almost stagnant for a sec. Like, okay, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? Like right. this is not working. And I kind of feel like this podcast 
the inspiration from or for this podcast came from that time period because we up until this point we I mean of course we knew about all these different types of ways to make money with real estate right Somewhat. So, right but not aware really, right I guess. right yeah like I mean if someone on the street was like oh yeah Joe invests in apartment buildings he's an apartment investor or so and so has rental properties or so and so is a developer we would have been like oh yeah we told we know what that means I could rattle off the description but and bank owned of course I knew what that meant like anyone knows like a bank owns the property like that makes sense but there's so much it was like at that point where i realized that there was so many different ways to make money with real estate that i didn't know about mm-hmm. right like i might know the superficial stuff and i feel like right now we know obviously way more than we did 15 20 whatever that was a long time ago i was 10 by the way then um so like i want to be able to share with everyone all these different ways and i know enough now to know that i don't know nearly as much as I want to know. Right. You know, like at that point in our life where we are now, it's like we're doing really well with the land investing, right? And and we own other properties and stuff like that. And I'm like super excited about that. I think that's great. But I want to know about every single way to make real estate out there. Right. To make real estate, to make money well, from real estate. You can make real estate too. Well, you can't make the land, but you can make the stuff on Thank top you. of the land. Not only am I a horrible speller, I you'll know I say I get these sayings wrong all the time in Pete's I always say he's like my um you know, I don't even know the word now to say that, but you're my um, missing word husband, my yes. support person here. He'll yes. fill in that I word. I complete you. Is that what you're saying? Oh, that is so sweet. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So jumping back. So that's kind of where, you know, if I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, that that probably is where it, in my head I was like, I need to know all the different ways. Right. Right? Well, I mean, really, when you break it down, there's almost infinite ways, not infinite ways, but there are a lot of different ways that you can make money in real estate. Right. And, and most of them come down to a, a very little tiny niche within real estate or real estate investing. And what we do now is completely different than what we used to do to make money within real estate. But it's a great system for making money and it's a great way to, you know, it's a great business to run actually. But even within the land investing, which we do, there's plenty of different sub niches and different ways to run the business. So I think when you're going to be listening to all these different podcasts and us talk about how we use real estate, you know, for to make money in the back of your mind, you should be thinking, does this sound really interesting? Because it's got to sound super interesting and it doesn't use my best skill set. Yeah. Does it align with your skill set? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that and it, you need to have both of those things. You need to actually be able to wake up every day and be like, this is exciting. You know, like you love chasing the deal. Mm-hmm. I think I could do it if I had to do your part of the job. I don't know if I'm as excited about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I trust me when you're like, I got this deal and I this is what we're going to buy it for and sell it for. And this is what we're going to do in between. I'm excited, but I just don't know if I, you know what I mean? But I think that, that the interesting thing is that doesn't matter because there's so many different ways. Like if tomorrow you said, I'm not doing this anymore, it's on you. What are you going to do? I would know it's in real estate and I would be figuring out exactly what, you know, what I love. And you love this, right? Like I love it. Yeah. It's funny because it's exciting every day. Right. Like on, on my blog, I was looking at like old bios from you and everything. And every single time that carries over, it always says his first true love is real estate. <laughs> right. And that, and I've no, that. my first true love is you. Heather. Thank you. And, and our children. And our, oh, children. and our kids too. Yeah. And our dogs. Yes. Dogs. Yeah. I can't forget that. <laughs> that those are his first true love. But right. um, I think it's funny though, because that's something that's just kind of carried over. So, okay. Now I can jump back. So we're in 2006, 2007, right around that range. Seven, eight, yeah. eight, nine, somewhere around there. <laughs> and the market, People are losing houses. Right. And um, 
and I am on the internet in real estate. For, I'm like, well, we're not getting out of real estate. We've got to figure this right. out, right? And I hear, I read something about BPOs. That's actually how it started. Broker price opinions. Do you want to talk about what those are? Yeah, basically a uh, broker price opinion is a mini appraisal almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, appraisers out there probably are going to want to shoot me for saying the word appraisal with the Hopefully broker not price opinion. But, but, yeah. but basically it's a mini report that you write up, which shows like what your opinion of the value of the property is. Right. And it's not just limited to brokers because agents can do it too. You have to have a a license, although maybe it's different in different states. Right. But the the broker is ultimately responsible for what their agents do. That's true. That's true. That's why they call it that. Yeah. And so, and it's normally like a one page, one to three page form, whereas a true appraiser is going to go into the nitty gritty of like this, the size of this room and stuff. And this is more an overview, like from what I see of the house that I'm giving an opinion on, here are the comparable sales. Here's why, here's what, you know. And, right. and, and here's some comparable listings. Right. And here's what I think it's worth if we put it on the market. Today. Right. Right. Okay. And it's a snapshot of today. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, we don't normally, well, and there's interior ones, there's exterior ones, which they call drive-bys. Mm-hmm. Is this like really like taking you back? Right. T- yeah. 12, 13 years. bad memories. Right. And, and I'll get into that too, because it's funny because you were on another podcast a couple of years ago now and, um, and I was sitting and watching it and um, you left to go take a phone call, I think. And we were sitting there and I turned to the two guys because you, your expression completely changed when they asked you about, about this time period. And the one guy said, what, what was that all about? Like, did something happen? And, and I said, yeah, but it not to him. I said, you know, being a, a, an agent that sells bank owned houses, it's not a fairy tale. No, no, it's not. And especially somebody that feels, um, feels things, you know what I mean? And puts yourself in, in those positions, you know, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, uh, and there's sheriffs involved. There's, um, abandoned families, there's children. It's just, it's not. Well, the first thing when mm-hmm. you, as, as a listing agent for a bank owned property, I mean, the first thing they do is you get an email that says, Hey, you get a new property assignment zone, one, two, three main street. And the sad part is I would get all excited each yeah. time. Yeah. Well, it is exciting because you get a new listing and as, as a real estate agent, you know, it's all about listings and, you know, a listing will ultimately lead you to commissions, which is why you're doing it in the first place. Right. And then the next thing you do is even if you're not religious, you start praying to every God, you know, that it's <laughs> vacant. Yeah, exactly. Because the first thing you have to do is do an occupancy inspection. So mm-hmm. basically you have to go to the house and this is at crazy time, you know, like lots of people losing their homes. It was just, uh, I don't know, just a bad time economically and mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, a lot of heartbreak and and you hear the stories and they see you as the bank. Right. Pete is is whatever bank right. countrywide who's not around. Yeah, exactly. Or Washington Mutual who's not right. around. You are now these you are that person to them. Right. You're not. You have nothing to do yeah, with nothing them. Nothing to do with them. No, they they just they just contracted mm-hmm. with me to actually sell the home for them. Right. So I go down there and I, you know, try to get an idea if someone's living there. And a lot of times you just can't tell. Mm-hmm. And so you leave a notice. You, yeah, you knock on the door. Mm-hmm. And you see if anyone answers it. And a lot of times they may or they may not. And you, you just leave a note, say, hey, contact me, you know, blah, blah, blah. They, they give you something to post the, yeah. on, the, on the property. And then the goal is for them to contact you and then you negotiate a, a cash for keys, they call it. Mm-hmm. So the bank, their first and goal is to. Cash for keys is where you give them literally, it's not normally cash, it was checks. Right. You give them a check. And they give you the keys to the house. And it's not just about getting the keys to the house. It, it, they vacate the property. Right. It's about getting, yeah, um, you know, giving occupancy mm-hmm. back to the owner, which is now the bank. Right. And sometimes you were the one telling them that the bank owned it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes uh, there was mm-hmm. numerous stories where, where, 
you know, people had known that they were going through the process and, but, you know, at that time, things, all these like foreclosure auctions and everything, they were all getting postponed and, you know, people were trying to work things out with their right. lenders and trying to get these things postponed so they could hang onto the house or to modify their loan or whatever the case is. And sometimes they just weren't in, you know, they didn't know that it had actually gone to foreclosure and the bank like mm -hmm. officially owns a house. Or now, so. maybe they were tenants and had no idea. Right. You know, or the person that was in charge of this loan was a parent that had left. Right. You know, I mean, there was just so many situations. And yes, sometimes people were BSing you. There were definitely con artists that, you know, were like, oh, I had no idea. Are you sure? All this kind of stuff. But that was, in our experience, few and far between. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I just think about I mean, it, it's very tough, like, to to go to think back to those right. times. Right. So don't. I'll, I'll, I know. Yeah, we'll, we'll try it's to like, keep it upbeat. Yeah. But just a, one quick little story about it. Like, well, is it gonna make me cry? Uh, maybe. No. Oh, great! That's nice. No, I mean the one, the, the ones that I always think of. Well, there's a couple of them, but the one that I always think of is like I knocked on the door and like a little kid answered the door. I'm like, oh, can I speak to your parents? You know, right. it's like, you know, it's just I don't know. Let's not go deeper into that. No, one, okay, that was really sad. Moving but, along. But and I and I do want to say too that the banks would always give us like we knew the different banks that they had. Maybe it was twenty thousand dollars. Sometimes it was even more money. Like some of them would say our range is X to. X amount of dollars, right? And um, and it was your job to negotiate, but at the end of the day, it was not really your like the bank didn't have an expectation. Pete, you need to get us the cheapest price to get right. them out. They didn't care. Right. So a lot of times it was about learning how to deal with people that if you went in with the highest amount, they would say no. Mm -hmm. So we would know we still want to give them as much as we possibly right. can, but we know we need to start lower because right. you know, if if they get to our maximum, that means it's gonna be an eviction process. And yeah, they might get to stay for a little bit longer, but that's not gonna be enough to solve their problems. Right. Whereas twenty thousand dollars at that time could have solved a lot of their problems mm -hmm. versus an extra six months. And it, it was your job to, you were literally the middleman between here are your options. Obviously you're not a legal expert, so you're not telling them in that sense, but you're saying here are the options that I can offer you. You know, And a lot of them aren't going to get an attorney. They don't have money. Like right. if they had the money, they would pay. They don't want to, they right. want a place to live. They want their kids to have a, a place to live. So, but back to that podcast, I just said, you know, it, it wasn't just about the money. Thank God for that. Cause that's how we survived mm -hmm. was doing REOs right. and BPOs and eventually short sales. But uh, when you think back to that, you're not like, whoa, I made out. I was a top REO broker in the area, which you were. That's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the human cost. Right. So, and people ask, like, how bad do you think that this weird time we're in? I don't see that. No, I don't see that either. You know, but, but also I want to say too that back then I never would have thought, I didn't know enough to know that that was possible. There were, there were so many smart people that didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, in hindsight, it's like, how could you miss it? Right. Right. If someone was literally telling us a mortgage broker, I'll cover all your closing costs so you can get this. Like how much yeah. was he making that he could have covered closing costs, you know? Yeah. So at hindsight's 2020. And I think of all of our misses, all of the times that we didn't do as good as we should have or could have, that's when we learned the most. Right. And I feel like I could have done even better during that time period, but boy, did we learn a lot. So, okay. So we do, I look into this, I see, I see, BPOs. And I decide that Pete's going to be, cause he's, you're really good for our own flips. You were really good about finding value. And I was like, you're going to be the BPO God of King of, you know, San BPO Diego, King. Riverside and Orange County, California, right. you know, for this time period. And you were much to your amount. You probably hated me because that's driving and taking pictures. And we hustled. I hate that term, oh, but yeah. we did, you know, and our little kids at the time were like our backstreet, a backseat drivers. Yep. Yep. So it was a, like a whole family operation. Mm -hmm. Like we had them I running. Pull, I would pull the comps. Heather would enter everything mm -hmm. into the portal, and then I'd do my little write up, 
put the value on there. The kids would, you know. They were running it back and forth. The girls were so good that, um, and by, we just had two at the time. Uh, Emmy was born after this, all this fun. They were so good. They were, I'd pick them up from school. Where are we driving to, mom? Where are we going to Riverside? Um, mommy, if we go to Riverside, do you know that one place that has the fresh fruit that's cut, whatever, you know what I mean? Like we, we made it a game. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if they still think of it as, I, you know, I don't look back on those times as bad. I look back on it as like hard work paid off. Right. So, okay. So we do the BPOs that led to the REOs where we would get with different companies they found right. out. And then also you had some independent ones that were like, well, this guy's got a lot of REO listings. I have this one property. Can you take care right. of it for me. So we got people individually. Those were great. And then you got into short sales because there was people who would be like, Hey, I don't now farther into this, that became a thing mm -hmm. when the banks were like, you know what? It's just, it costs a lot to get people out of houses. It costs a lot to go through the eviction process. It costs a lot to foreclose on a house. Maybe we should try loan modifications and we should do short sales. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, wait a minute, that's the same. You're pretty much just packaging up. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's very similar to the the uh, REO process, but I mean, you're selling a house that generally is distressed in some way, mm -hmm. but you are selling it basically before it goes to foreclosure, and you're basically working with the homeowner directly, and basically packaging up all the paperwork and all the documentation, kind of proving to the bank why why short sale hardship. is their is yeah the, why mm -hmm. there's a hardship and why the short sale is their best option. So you're going to give them this whole package and you give it like I'm I'm you and I'm like hey bank of Peter Sally and Joe okay. I don't know who Sally and Joe but they seem like you know whatever Sally and Joe have to move they're upside down they owe more than they can sell it and I've got Larry over here who's willing to buy it right okay you didn't you listed in the MLS right? right okay so Larry so then you put together this whole package that shows why they need to sell and then you do like a like a BPO that shows the market conditions and then you bring them a buyer and then you say, Hey, this is what you would net. This is what it would come down to. And then internally they say, well, gosh, okay. So we would lose $50,000, but if we foreclosed, yeah. it could be a hundred. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, that was a whole thing that kind of developed short sales, you know, have been around for a long time, but no one was doing them until you know, after the market crashed, mm -hmm. obviously. And uh, so then for a while there, the majority of the transactions happening were more short sales than, than bank-owned listings. So mm -hmm. we kind of pivoted and, and sort of focused on that for, for some time. And that was more fulfilling, honestly, than the, than the bank-owned prop oh, yeah. properties because people were actually thankful for the help. And it was, they still had control. It was still their house. They still called the shots. They, they decide which offers to accept. And it was... You know, and it kind of well, they didn't was a better a, situation all around. Yeah, really. they didn't have a foreclosure on their credit right. report. Um, they when you did that short sale, it was done. They the bank didn't come after them. Right. Yeah. Like that was like it was settled. Yeah, it was on their on their terms. I mean, I think that that you know to a lot of people that was the way. Um, okay, right. so but wait, there's more. <laughs> so then all of a sudden the market kind of shifts again. It's more short sales, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you keep seeing like there's a lot of these like investors that are buying these properties, right? Right. And so a couple of them are like are repeat customers kind of in a way. You know, mm -hmm. you're still listing it on the MLS, but they're like, hey, this is a good deal. We want to buy this. Oh, yeah. I would notice, you know, first of all, from from our flipping days, I knew exactly, you know, that th there was a whole business model out there that people buying the properties and, and then fixing up and, mm -hmm. and reselling them. So a lot of these listings I would do is, as an REO 
broker and also as a short sale broker, like I would, as soon as I put a home on the market, I would get these same, you know, groups contacting me and say, wanting to buy it because these were generally distressed properties. So I ended up getting a lot of relationships with some of the top companies in the area that were doing those. And then, you know, they wanted me to like find them more deals. Like they were always on, on me, like, Hey, can you, you know, get us more deals and everything. And I'm like, well, I know how to find them. I know what a good deal looks like. And I know how you figure out your numbers and, and what you're going to need to buy a property for and what you can resell it for. So I was like, well, yeah, I'll just start finding you guys properties to buy. And then that became sort of transition into just solely doing that for a few big companies in the area, the biggest companies in the area. And um, so I was just focused on finding them deals. Right. And, you know, um, that's kind of like a little trick too that a lot of people don't realize is like if you wanted to get into doing something with these companies just look on the mls and see who's yeah see, see buying who's, who's selling exactly and contact them you know if you can find one of these companies a deal i mean that's your like gold to them. right right and you know and and what i loved about this was that we needed an emotional break mm, yeah. because it was emotionally trying and these deals had no emotion to them oh yeah absolutely no emotion when you're talking about when you're dealing with companies where it's just a business you know these companies are just buying a property and then reselling it and as long as the numbers work out that's it yeah they're they don't care it, they're buying it cash mm -hmm. there's no you know discussion about the carpet or the paint or it, any, any of these sort of issues that come up with a normal home sale and it's just like if the numbers make sense, they buy it. So yeah, and there was no personal attack. Like it was nothing. It was literally, literally that cut and dry. Mm -hmm. You know, the numbers work, the numbers don't work. And that's what that's what mm -hmm. I like. Right, <laughs> and also if the numbers didn't work, you could say, well, what would make them? Yeah, work? what number would work? And then you go back, and they're like, this is literally it. There's no, they're not doing this to play games. They literally need this number or not, and it's fine either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a number, I don't even know how long, but for a number of years, I solely focused on that. And we did really well just doing that. Until and, 2017 when I stole you away. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 2017. So mm -hmm. what happened in 2017? I know. So during this whole time I was blogging, shameless plug, it's a lovely life.com, um, which I don't blog. It's a lovely life.com. What did I say? Did I say the yeah, wrong no, name? No, you said it right. You just said oh. it fast. So. Oh, okay. I was like, that's really bad. And so I, I got overwhelmed. I needed help. And I, you know, I had this idea that I wanted to teach other people how to also start a blog because that was the number one thing everyone asked. Oh, you have this blog, you guys. And we were traveling. That also played into it a lot. It was getting hard, pulling you five different ways. And also you were my video guy. So I needed to add video to my blog and Pete was good at video. So I was like, hey, can you help me do videos? And then I was like, hey, you know, I want to do even more travel more than half the year. So can you come with me for half the year? Can you do all the videos? Oh, oh, and I everyone keeps asking, like, how do we do this? And they want to learn. And so can you create a whole program for me and then sell it online? And then can you help me run the groups? Uh, and then can you do like all the IT stuff? And I need like emails set up because I'm not good about sending those on time. And then can you answer all the emails? And then after that, can you negotiate all the contracts? Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Yes. And then Pete like was rocking in the corner like... <laughs> 
<laughs> why, Heather? Why? Well, you know, when when this is a lot like this a lot of times. You know, Heather will come up with these these concepts. You know, these these like big vision things. Oh like, yeah, I'm really good at that, but you know? no back. Like well, I don't do the back end and of then it she's at all. Like here's here's my vision of what mm-hmm. you know. I want to I want to teach the everyone how to do this because she was getting people everyone was like approaching her and saying how do you do doctors like like, i would go to a doctor and i'd be like hey i have this problem and they'd be like okay that's cool um so tell me how you travel though and like how do you do a travel blog and i was like work with all these brands and they're actually paying you yeah you know like you you get paid to do a blog and everything and um and i was like but what about my broken foot (laughs) like oh it'll be fine you don't have surgery you know i mean so like it that was, was true ob- story. I know the <laughs> obvious cues, uh, obvious clues and, and cues. Like people were very interested, in. so we knew there was like the demand there, mm-hmm. and I knew you had the expertise to do it. And Heather was like, "Well, let's put together a training program and really kind of get into it and go." But down Pete this said path. no so. at first. <laughs> well, yes, he did. I did say no at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was well, like, just like, "Oh, I got you know, I've got all this. There's no way I can do it all." And then I think it was maybe like Christmas 2016 or somewhere around that time we were like. You know, I'm kind of burnt out on, on doing this, like working with clients. Or were you burnt out about me harassing you? No, I was kind of burnt out with, with working with clients and real estate and the deals and everything. And I just, I, I don't know. I felt like I needed a little bit of break. And, and you like the traveling. Right. And you, you were actually at the time, you were probably making more than I was <laughs> with your blog than I was doing in the real estate. So it's kind of like, well, if we both work together on the blog stuff, then we'll probably do better than we would be like. Mm-hmm. But I also had so. to, I found something that showed how much the income potential was for it. Right. Because I was getting desperate because I don't, you know, I was actually over negotiating contract and this is how it all plays together. It's like, what does this blog have to do with real estate? Well, the reality is that every single thing we've learned through all these businesses has built upon itself, right. you know, and you were at, you're an expert contract negotiator. That's just the truth. You know, you, the, you, you think of the goal, you think of what can we give and take to, I mean, the end goal is to, to come together and get it done. Right. And I just couldn't do these contracts anymore. I couldn't even read the contracts anymore. My brain was just like mushy. And I was just like, I don't know, because there's one thing, you know, there's the whole business beside it, behind it. And then there's the actual creative side, which I'm not even a creative person. And the fact that I was able to write blog posts. Yes, you are. I don't know. I think you're I selling yourself short. No, that, I just but. don't think I'm, I, you know, the fact that I could even do that, it was like, I needed help. And you were always there to help, but that was being pulled from the real estate. And you're an all-in guy. Every single thing you yes. do, you go hardcore all-in. You don't do anything half ass, sure. which is, I've learned from that, you know, and every single thing we've done, um, that's been a big thing to me. It's like, what would Pete Reese do? You know, like, would he, like, this is not up to his level. And so that's one thing we always, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Right. But the final thing was I showed you the numbers and I can't even remember. I, I don't know if it was on piece of paper. I emailed it to you and I said, look, that this was an is, article. Was it an article? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, look at this. And then you were like, I do need a break. I do need a break from this. And you knew that you wanted to keep doing real estate, but you were done doing that kind of real estate, at least mm-hmm. for then. For, for that time period, yes. Right. And I think that that's an important thing to know. You knew your limit. You were like, I just, I don't have 5,000% to give to this anymore. You need me. This is what I could do it. And then you had to learn a whole new career mm-hmm. because that was not. Yeah. Digital marketing. Right. You know, yes, and you. It's a whole new world. Right. And you had heard me talk about all these random things. Like you knew all that kind of stuff. You knew all the blogging terms. You knew all all that kind of stuff. Um, and you knew about the contract side of that. So it wasn't like you were coming in. I was Heather's first student. 
You, yeah, seriously though. Like I trained you from the bottom up, but, um, and so we did that, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we went all in and we, uh, wrote a, our flagship course. We wrote, and I lose that term, we loosely. It was my stuff that Pete actually wrote because I was, I couldn't stay awake. We were on a I river cruise. It maybe yeah. Time. Well, but you got that, you got that done. And, and it's probably actually one of my like proudest thing was that we had this, deadline we were going to do it and i physically couldn't stay awake but the best part was you were jet lagged we were in austria germany i don't know where where we were on this river cruise you were on muscle muscle relaxants um because his back had given out after really bad too anyway yeah and he it was i had to actually tell people a couple times like he doesn't even drink like he's not drunk he's just on muscle relaxants it was just and you did an amazing job we got it done and we loved that for the next five i don't know what Next three, four years, we went all in on that. Yeah, 2017 to 2021, pretty right, much. Right, right. Yeah. Until it was me that came to you and I said, I need a break. Right. And that, you know, um, it's a very people-centric job. And I felt, you know, I was still do blogging too. And I said, I just, I feel like we, I've given a lot of myself to everybody. And because I, I, you want people to succeed if, if they're going right. to buy your product. And you, and, um, and I said, I'm tired and I'm, I don't know if I can do it anymore. But don't worry, I have an idea. <laughs> well, first of all, before we end that chapter, we really did something big with that. We had, um, you know, probably ten thousand like premium students, and you know, many, many thousands of like I, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of students that, that have gone through our, f- our free courses related to blogging right. and travel blogging, and generated millions per year, you know, for multiple years straight. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a very successful business. And if we wanted to turn it back on at any point, we can, we will, but. Right. And know. I, and that's the funny thing is because people are like, why would you leave a business that's doing so well? I mean, there was a lot, I mean, to it too. Like it, those were the weird couple of years anyways with pandemics and right. um, presidencies and, and all these different things. And I think I was just emotionally, physically exhausted. And I think that's what it came down to. Needed mm-hmm. a break. I needed something that would like light that passion again. And I still love talking about blogging. I still love blogging. I still love sharing. I still love traveling. None of that's changed. Right. I think I just need to maybe like refill that. So enter some sort of inspirational quote here. Right. You're um, good at those. Right. And I, I'm like, um, you know, and I love all of our students that we've met and I hope that they're joining us on this journey. Right. I think there's a lot of crossover between making money online and real estate. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of things that you learn along the way can be used towards real estate. Right. And I feel like, and you know, I always ask people when they when were interviewing them, if they're in real estate and they make money with real estate, okay, well then how do you invest your money after you've made it with the real estate? Right. You know, because I think that's interesting. So I think the takeaway from that is that you can make money doing anything and then where do you invest it? Right. into real estate. So yeah, it's not like you have to make money with real estate to invest in real estate. That's right. A lot right? of people that are in real estate investors, it's not their main business. You know, right. like they may have some other business or they may have some, you know, uh, other job that kind of brings them the income, but then they use the real estate as a vehicle for investing long-term right. for wealth building, I right. guess you could say, or sh- or maybe short-term holds in a way, but it's, uh, it's kind of not their primary income generator, I guess you could say. Right. There's a lot of physicians, um, people in the medical field, attorneys, lawyers. I mean, I think that the majority of people who have wealth today, it's in real estate in some degree or in some space. What about crypto? I was just saying not these days. Like, for, I was not even going to mention that because I felt bad. Like, But yeah, I think, and that's a good lesson that a lot of people have learned that maybe 
you know, diversification is good. Right. And you can diversify in real estate. You know, you don't have to be like, just do one thing. It's, it's interesting. I mean, yeah. And I guess it comes down to verbiage. You know, a lot of, a lot of people that were very, very interested in the crypto, it was, it was investing for them, but I view it more as speculation than right. investment. I mean, heck it, it was, it worked great for a lot of people and it, and it if they up, got out. Right, okay. if they got out. But at the end of the road, it was a uh, – it's not the end of the road for crypto, but at, at the end of the road, this last kind of downturn, it, it, it's all speculation at this point. Like, we don't mm-hmm. know which ones are going to take off. It's not – you know, most of these are not backed by anything that's like – We're not crypto people, and I think that's right. okay to say. And, um, you know, we've had people really try to get us into that, and we're also not CBD people, and I've never sold essential, essential oils. And right. So it's not like – maybe these things work for some people. I never sold leggings. Like, we could go into all these different things. I know crypto is different, but – a couple times people have sat down and we're like, so explain it to us. Like we're two, like mm-hmm. I'm a kindergarten kid and I don't know if they knew I didn't know afterwards. You know right. what I mean? Like I understand now, but it's just not our thing and that's okay. Right. So if you're coming to this podcast, looking for information on cryptocurrency or anything right. like that, we're just not your people. But if no. you want to talk about real estate and we're here for you um, and hopefully we'll be bringing you a lot of people that also are even better experts in micro areas of real estate. That's right. our goal to bring exactly. you the experts and all the, the things. Elite, that, the top. Right. You know, top people in each in their category. Right. So. That's our goal because we want to learn along with you and we're going to share what we are an expert into. Okay. So back to when I'm getting kind of, I'm done. I need a break. I guess I should, th- I should say that. I needed a break, but we're not people who can just sit there and do nothing. So I need to keep Pete busy. I can sit and do nothing. Pete can't sit and do nothing. So I needed the next thing for him. And, you know, he, even during the time when you wasn't actively doing real estate, you were still had your finger in real estate and you still love real estate and everyone would come to you with questions about real estate. That was, And that's the other funny thing. It's like everyone would always ask him about real estate. So I was like, well, you need to get back into real estate full time. Right. How do you want to do this? Right. And, and so and what, what did I tell well, you? Though? We kept the broker's license whole time. I still you have did. a broker's license yeah, in I didn't. California, but I'm not. I'm right. But I wasn't doing any transactions or anything. I was just keeping my eye on the market and really mm-hmm. kind of just, I don't know, trying to follow a lot of the different business models and opportunities and ways people were, were making money and building wealth with real estate that we just weren't actively doing it. We were, our focus was a hundred percent on, you know, the blogging training business and supporting our students. And, right, and, exactly. that, and that, that was, was our focus. hundred percent. Right. Um, so. And so I feel like I brought you something. I don't even know if you'll be able to remember, but I brought you something that was real estate related. And I was like, you need to get into this. And you didn't though. Mm-hmm. Because then you ended up figuring out this other thing that you wanted right. to do instead. Yeah, I was just like reading mm-hmm. a lot of stuff online, watching a lot of videos and everything, and I stumbled into this. Um, it's while I was eating bonbons right oh, okay. on the couch, right? <laughs> Vegan no, bonbons. Yeah. No, uh, but anyhow, I just kind of stumbled into something about people talking about investing in land, and I thought land. You know, I always had this impression of land that it's kind of. Well, he came to me and told me the idea, and I was like, no. <laughs> it wasn't even like a like I was just like no. <laughs> no, uh, that we're not going to do that because she I shot the idea down really quickly. Like but. not even like it was just like a no. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have said, "Hey, we're gonna." I don't even know some crazy thing, and like think of the worst thing your husband could say. We're going to invest in, and I was like, "No," because I was imagining driving to Vegas, and in the middle of nowhere, there's those big plots of land, which maybe we should be buying. You know, yeah, holding those for a while. I know. See, this is what I mean, and so that's what I went to, and I was like, I've seen the same signs from the same people selling it for 30 years now. That's what I thought land investing was. So I was like, no. Right. Yeah. So how did you convince me? Well, yeah, exactly. That was kind of my impression at first too. That was always my thoughts like, okay, you know, land, I know you can make money with it, but you've got to be super, super patient, like buy something, 
kind of wait for the development fingers crossed yeah it'll be in the path of development and then you know 10 years later the property is going to be worth a lot more and then you can finally sell it to someone I thought that's what kind of land investing was. I feel like we should have like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and that is a way to invest in land. And and a lot of people probably have made a lot of money in that. But But, I'm too impatient. Right. Me too, actually. And so, but that wasn't the model that I was talking about. The the model that kind of stumbled into is like short-term holds of land. I'm like, how is it impossible? Like a short-term hold of land, like buying a property off market and then reselling it quickly. And I'm like, well, how is it even possible? But it is possible if you're buying it right and then you're reselling it right, you're reselling it for below market value, then you're able to move the property pretty quickly. So it's kind of like the cars. It's kind of like the cars. Yeah. Buy buy something That's for good, the right price. Good, yeah, good. But you buy a good property or a good car right. for, the, for the right price and then you do some things to it to enhance its value and then you resell it quickly. And, you know, you price it aggressively, so it's going to get attention. It's going to be the best price thing in the market, and it's going to be marketed right. And you're you're going to find your buyer uh, quickly. So, And I probably still said no. Right. Well, I was reading this stuff about people <laughs> talking like, about no, oh, yeah, you can't do that. That's right. That, and no. then I said, yeah, but uh, like this guy was talking about how he bought this property for 10000 and he sold it for 30000 And Heather's like, oh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I was like, I'm willing to invest $10,000 in you, Reese. Right. Um. <laughs> But if you don't return, I, I'm going to need to triple that money, right? Or you know, or do, whatever you know, right? Or that's it. So that's I think it. that's I think that's exactly how it went too. I was right. like, okay, fine. Here's, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. it's your money too, but it's my money, right? right. Yeah. So you know, as soon as Heather kind of gave me that, um, yeah, you could try that. And then I was like, okay, I'm in. Right. <laughs> so I have a training program. I learned everything and I could. You know, the funny thing too is that having been in the training program business. I was like, absolutely, because I said, Vedam, do they actually Mm -hmm. do what they do? Because there's so many people selling training programs. It's like, like, that'd be like me teaching how to do hair, doing like a training program on how to do hair. Like, I have two things I can do. I can wash my hair and dry my hair. You know what I mean? Like, that's You can also cut hair. You cut my hair during the uh, pandemic. I did cut his hair. I actually was pretty darn proud of that because YouTube, thank you very much for the videos. But that, I still, that'll be the greatest accomplishment of my you life. find some pictures of me during that time. Oh, I have them. It's it, almost as long as your hair. It was like mountain man situation. So something had to happen, but we had a backup. Our oldest was willing to do it if it didn't work out. It did so well that my mom's like, do you think you can cut your dad's hair? And I was like, I, I can't I, see before we went into it. I was like, Pete, if it doesn't work out, are you willing to shave your head? Yeah, and you were like, like a buzz cut and I'll wear a hat. Right. That's so. And no big deal. I don't know if my dad would have been willing to. So I was like, uh, no. See, now you distracted me from the, from what I was saying. Um, okay. So, but I, that's my big thing is I was like, now, did you vet this person? Do they know what they're doing? Have they done this before? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, sure. And it was not cheap. I don't remember it being super cheap, but I remember thinking this is, a, this is a worthy investment. Mm-hmm. Like, with this, if you if this really does happen and it works out like this, it's something that you were – I knew that you had the skills to do it. I knew you had the experience to do it. And you had the drive and you were excited about it. And those were my big things. And it was kind of like a down period anytime. So I was like, well, we're not going anywhere. Go for it, right? Yeah. And then what did you do? Uh, I made it work, I'd say. Right. But um, yeah, I just – I went all in. I learned everything I could. I kind of dove – headfirst into it and just kind of like immersed myself in that world for, I don't know, two, three months. Like, like really, I, I felt like. It was I, your full-time job. Right. Yeah. I was like really, really 
you know, and even, even after kind of working hours, you know, I'd be watching videos oh, yeah. and really trying to like learn everything I could. It, well, you would get up before 5 a.m. every day and you were getting up even earlier, like mm -hmm. jumping out of bed. And I was like, wow, this is, I don't know who has this kind of enthusiasm. As long as you bring coffee, I'm fine. But right. like you were all into it and you were telling me these things like, oh, this, I could do this. I'm just finding the right area. I want to try this. And I was like, I, I thought we were investing in Joshua tree, you know, like on the side of the road, but okay. This, and then I was like, really, there's this much. Oh, the, the other thing that shocked me was like, there's really this much available land in good areas. Cause I didn't think that was possible. Right. And you were showing me, no, these are great areas and there's still a lot of land. Right. You know, and I shouldn't say available land that's owned by people that hasn't been necessarily developed right? or has a house that has been there for 5,000 years. That's not yeah. really a house anymore. Right. Exactly. So I learned everything I could about the business model and then I just dove in like like the main thing about what we do is that it it all starts with sending out mail. So well, we send out mail. What's I want to know, do you remember your first deal though? Yes, I do. Can you tell us that please? Basically started this first of all I'd, I'd say it was like around Thanksgiving time maybe of 2021. Yeah, the worst time ever. Right. Yeah. So that's one which I is not a bad time, but it is the worst of the, you know what I mean? Right. It, right. right. For the real estate market, that's generally like a downtime, like, right. you know, November, December, but I uh, bought this training program, learned everything I could. And then I was like, I'm just going to send out a bunch of mail. So I sent out a bunch of mail and I sent it to the wrong area. So I'm actually the first batch of mail I sent out. I got, I mean, I got responses, but they weren't great or whatever, but then it was like, okay, I know what I did wrong. And I'm like, Heather, we got to send out, <laughs> send out some more mail. And this mail is not cheap. You know, we're talking, you know, like I was, see, I, I go big in everything I do. So I didn't just send out like a hundred letters. I was like, let's send out 10,000. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I anyhow. was committed at that point. Okay. Though. The first deal. Yeah. So anyhow, I think, I think it, sometime in January is when like, okay, I ended up like putting together a deal with the seller. Mm-hmm. And they just emailed me and said, oh, I got your letter. Yeah, I'll sell this property for this price. And I looked it up quick and I was like, okay. Um, so I'm like, Heather, we're buying this property in Washington, Washington State. And, you know, and we're buying it for 17000 I think I can sell it for forty. You know, and she's like, oh, you think so? Um, you know, yeah. she's probably thinking, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't lose us $17,000 on this. So I did all my research I could. I hired a photographer to go out to the property. Never saw this property. And most of our properties you never see, by the way. And talked to some agents in the area. And, and uh, so I felt confident, you know, I checked all the comps. I was like, what am I missing here? Is this like, it, I think this will work. So anyway, I bought it for seventeen. And then I think put it on the market, list it with an agent. No, uh, for, first of all, let's see. I think I closed on the deal maybe like beginning of February. First couple of weeks of February is when we actually bought the property. Mm -hmm. So, and then you listed it right away, right? Listed it like so. Right you have away. that all. You had an agent already lined up. You talked to them, and you were like, you kind of did a. You asked them almost like, "What's your BP? Your yeah, bar, exactly. you know, like just a verbal right off the bat." They went out there, I think, though, and looked at it too, right? I think so. And you didn't tell them your estimate. Like you did you tell them what you wanted no, to get? No. And you said, if I was if I owned this property and I was gonna sell it, what would you list it at? What do you think I could make? Mm -hmm. And you were like, Hey, I don't want the like wait five years price. I want right. the like sell it tomorrow price. Right, exactly. Okay. So what'd you list it at? Uh, I think we listed it at thirty nine nine. Okay. Right. And then probably had a buyer within seven days, something like that. It was and I think quick. it was, yeah, I think it was a cash deal. Like cash buyer came and they went, they wanted to pay 35,000 and they would close in three weeks or something like mm -hmm. that. And we were like, okay, yeah, you know, that'd be a nice, you know, I wanted to sell it for 39, nine, but 
you but know, but what do you always say? The offer in hands better than. Yeah, I, I don't know what did I say. What did I, I say? But, saying, but, but like, it's like sometimes you know just just it's turning that money. Yeah, it's it's moving the money quickly and getting some profit and not holding out for top dollars. Sometimes a lot of times your best move. So you know, and then it's a win for the buyer. It's a win for me and and Heather and. <laughs> so anyhow, after all was said and done, you know, and then you have closing costs on it, and mm-hmm. so I think. We ended up netting like thirty-one thousand, something like that, and then we paid seventeen for it. So we made like fourteen thousand dollars on the first deal, and we invested seventeen to get it started. And it was kind of like, okay, this actually works. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, we can do a little more. We can keep <laughs> testing this out, right? Right. And then that's that's you know that's another cue for me. I'm like, okay, now I'm really. <laughs> yeah. Now he's like, okay, I'm going hog wild, and I was yeah. like, mm. and this one month, I think, I think maybe it was in. In that same month, like we only closed one one sale, and I think in that month I like <laughs> I had her buy like five different properties, and she's like, "Uh, you think this is a good idea?" I was like, "I just don't want to be the the land baron or whatever of you know what I Baroness. mean, baroness, right yeah. of uh, the United States with all this wonderful unused land." You know what I mean? I'm like, right. "That's not my goal in life. My goal in life is to you know tur- turn it into something else." And and here I am though today, you know two years later and I'm like, we should buy more land. Like, right. And I'm actually okay. If he, I'm like, maybe we should hold back on some of these. We should keep some of them longer term, you know, right. it's like, no, no, we're going to, you're going to sell. I'm like, what if we just cherry pick that? You know, now I'm right. like this land person. That's just loves land. We kind of ramped it up. And this is what we've done for all of our businesses. We start and then we like take that seed money and keep yeah. growing it and, and tumbling it and tumbling it. Yeah. And- yeah. Keep car- parlaying it into bigger and bigger things. And, you know, the first year it ended up going great. I think we sold, we resold 32 properties mm-hmm. in that first year, which wasn't even a first full year. I mean, it's our first resale happened in March of 2021. And then by the end of the year, we had bought and, and also resold um, 32 properties. Revenue was $1.2 and $1.2 million and some change. And then the gross profit was over 50%. So on average, we were buying a property and reselling it for double what we paid for. Right. And that was for people that had just gotten into this that had, no, you know what I mean? Like we right. were just, just kind of figuring it out, you know? And um, the other thing I wanted to tell is a story about how when you were, I was saying, how are we going to get these properties? Like, where are you going to find them? Because before when you'd find deals, it was from MLS and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm sure you could possibly find oh, stuff yeah, you like could, that. You know? I know, I know uh, other land investors and that's what they do. They, they just, just look for. They just look for listed properties that have been listed for a while, and then make low offers. And then they list it again lower than. Right. They maybe do some in- improvements to the property, or maybe mm-hmm. they'll buy it and they'll subdivide it into five lots, and then they'll resell them individually. Okay, so there's lots of different ways. Like, say people don't want to send letters, but so we were going. You said we're going to send letters, and I thought about it for a second. I was like, it's going to be weird. So you know. Hi, I'm Pete. I want to buy your land and this is what I can offer you. I think their instinct would be like, it sounds like a scam. He's trying to undercut uh, all these different things. And then I remembered something. Um, when we were first married, my parents actually got a piece of land. Somebody owed them my dad's business money and gave him a piece of land. Right. And I forgot about the land. A couple years later, I asked him about it and I was like, hey, what about that land? You know, this was, again, this was still like, 15 years ago. And they were like, oh, we sold that. I was like, wait, what? You sold the land? Like, yeah. Like, how'd you sell the land? Like, well, I don't know. Someone sent me a letter. Like, this isn't a new concept. It's no, just, it's concept. but it's new, a, a new twist on it. And you have a system that actually makes this way better than it has ever been. But, um, and I was like, well, why you could have got, I remember this exact conversation with my mom. Like you probably could have gotten more if you had listed it. She's like, I don't want to list it. She's like, they sent me a letter. It was a really good fair price. 
I got money like two weeks later. Like, and I yeah. was like, oh, I'm like, so you, she's like, it's like, I have to list the property. All this kind of she's like, I've never even been there. Like, right. I don't care about this land. And it triggered in my mind. I was like, wait a minute. There's a lot of people out there that just have land that they've inherited or they got in some weird way. Like my parents did. My parents, we used to have like, sometimes we'd have a boat in our driveway. My dad would have taken anything from somebody if they, they had to pay a bill. You know what I mean? So this was not, it was not like a piece of land that they were cherished. They didn't cherish any of this stuff. It was right. just currency. Right. Right. And so, um, I think it's really interesting because there are so many people out there that have these pieces of land that will never do anything with it, but they can do something with money. Right. Yeah. We're, we're providing a service. Uh, the service mm-hmm. that we provide is not for everyone. Right. You know, I kind of use the analogy a lot. Uh, like when you have a, when you have a car, like say you want to go buy a new car, you have your existing car. I make you do that. Cause you like to do. The right. Deal. Right. So Sorry, did I ruin your story? A, well, <laughs> there's a couple different options you have with that car. You could, you could put it on Craigslist and sell it individually. Oh, selling it. I thought we were buying it. Well, you are buying a car, but but you, what to do with your existing car? Oh, okay. Thank you. So you could put it on Craigslist and, and sell it private party. And most likely you're going to maximize your, you know, the amount that you're going to get for your car that way. I did that one time and I don't want to do it again because I had to right. hear all about this guy's medical problems. and Yeah. And then who knows who you're going to meet. All these, there's and all also, kinds I was of, worried about the money. Right. Okay. Exactly. So you, all kinds of different issues could can come up with that. Um, or you could go and just trade it in at the dealer. You know you're not going to get top dollar for it. In fact, you know they're they're probably going to make money. They're going to take that your car. They're going to clean it up. And they're going to put it on their lot and then resell it for more money. And but I'm okay with that because they're okay. taking the risk of the car and they're doing something too. Right. You know. And then I don't have to deal with. Right. You know. And that's what most people do. Most right. people trade in their car knowing that with that option, it's kind of the same thing with the land and the service that we offer. You know, I mean, we offer or closing cash and we're closing quickly. It's no hassle. You know, they don't have to list with the real estate agent and, you know, go through a six to 12 month process or even longer in some cases with right. land to try to get things sold. And um, it, it's just, it's just a lot less hassle. They get their money sooner and they don't have to worry about, you know, anything like, and they have no history on the property. That, that's okay. A lot right. of times that's the case, you know, like they inherited the property or they've never been there. Who knows what the case is, but we don't care. So, you know, we buy our properties that way. And, um, you know, so for certain people where it makes sense, we're, we're buying them that way. And then we're doing what we got to do to the property to kind of make it um, retailable. And then we sell it. Right. And and you tell people too, like, hey, if you wanted to get more, you could maybe do oh, it. Oh, yeah. We're very upfront. It. Like, hey, if you want top dollar, mm-hmm. we're not your best option. Right. You could I mean, try listing it. And- I'll, I'll, even, I'll even give you some names of some okay. great real estate brokers right, yeah. in your area where <laughs> I know you can call that. them and, you know, see what they can get you for the property. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that that's fine. I mean, like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, you know. Right. And so we buy it at a competitive rate. Right. But also, sometimes we'll buy it at a competitive rate, but also we're creating that value. You're right. Yeah. We've so, got a plan to create value. Like, it's not in it, just buying In its this current spread. condition, uh-huh. it's worth what it's worth, you know. So, you know, we might clear paths on the property. We might put in a road. We might, um, get it approved for a septic system. We might subdivide a right. property, split you know, like lot. take take a 10 acre property and kind of split it into five, two acre properties and then sell them off individually. You know, th- there's a lot of different ways to make money in the land business. It's just kind of like, what's your plan? And, you know, and, and kind of each property is different, you know, like what what's our individual plan with this property and how to maximize the value. So you look at it and you're like, what's the highest and best use for this? And then exactly. you you figure out a way to, to make that work. Yep. Kind of like with the car lot, we would always go over to Walmart and buy those wheel covers 
put the floor mats in, clean it up, you know, and then we had some rage in Friday nights at Walmart. (laughs) And our mechanic (laughs) might say like, Hey, you know, you could probably, you know, the tires are okay, but if you put on new tires, you know, maybe people, it will look better, Mm -hmm. you know, people would, you know, uh, this might sell quicker or something like that. So, you know, certain situations, so we uh, individually analyze each property and kind of decide what the best course of action is. Do you have a great deal under contract? Well, submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. Right. And then this whole thing took off to the extent where I felt safe saying. So before I was saying like, no, we're not doing this. And then it gets to the point where I almost felt bad because you were really into this. You were doing really well. And I was rewarding you by saying, that's great, but you still have to do all my other stuff for me. And I'm burned out and I can't do anymore. Right. And so finally, I get to this point where I'm like, this is beyond viable. It's now making more than the education business did. And it's enjoyable. You know what I mean? And and it gave us this break. So then we say, okay, um, we're going to, we're going to shut that down for now. I don't want to say forever because who yeah, knows, you know, knows? still love doing that, but this is a long lasting thing because the, the best part about this is that you've built up a whole team over the past two years. Right. So it's not just you doing, you know, every single detail. You're right. building up an actual team. So, and that's another thing that's, um, I really like is that, you know, you build up a real estate business in so many different ways. It doesn't have to just be you. Right. I don't want it to be me. I don't want to have any jobs left in the business. No, I do. I actually love being involved, but the uh, deal, you love the deals. I love the deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, I, you know, obviously I still evaluate all the deals and decide whether we're going to buy it or whatever. And I love, you and know, you're like working a people with the person agent. too. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you actually love talking to the owners too, like if, right. if you're able to and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do uh, certain things, but I do have like a great team now that's kind of Mm -hmm. built all around this business. Everyone has their individual jobs, which they do really well and kind of systematized it. And I, you know, kind of developed this way to kind of turn it into a real business. Right. And we've developed relationships with what I would consider indispensable agents now. Oh, yeah. You know, we have a network of agents all over the country. They're not like under our brokerage. They're actual independent agents that work for that. They're invaluable. Invaluable. I hope that means that they're very valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Like how we talked about earlier, like with with our kind of uh, flipping business, how, Mm -hmm. you know, I decided, you know, like we should get our licenses so we can hold that commission for Mm -hmm. ourselves. Like we kind of went 180 degrees on that. Like, I don't want to sell like we could uh, we could list these properties for sale by owner or flat fee MLS or any of these things. And we're forced to sometimes, but because I don't have a good agent contact in the area. But we need we, to put a list of where we need good agents. Right. That's right. I mean, we but every single property we buy, we we try to list it with a kind of the local expert mm-hmm. broker. And and the value that they provide to us is. I can't even put it into words because it's one thing for you to say, you know, you're looking at, and your, your valuations are pretty spot on, but it's that reinforcement that the person also agrees with you. That's the local expert, but not just that, but that they're going to be putting, you know, the effort into selling it. Right. And they might know the new nuances in a certain area that you wouldn't know because we're not there. Right. And so they are bringing an extreme value. So if you can find an agent, you know, buying anything like that brings you value. They're, they're worth 
10 times what they make in their commission. Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. A, g- a good agent will be well worth it every single time, mm-hmm. you know, like really. And so. that's kind of our motto too, is that we only work with rock stars. Yeah, that's that's our goal. Yeah, like, we own, in every single thing. We have an, an attorney that's an absolute rock star. In we every, should have him on the podcast. We really should. Yes. I know. He's, he, I don't, we've been with him for 20, right. close to 20, I don't right. know, a long time. Uh, just amazing. Any sort of issue, it's like get his opinion, whatever. Thankfully, we don't talk to him too much these days, yeah. but and not because of uh, that we don't want to, but just, you know, right. not as knock on wood, I guess. Yeah, um, knock on wood. But, um, and these agents that you've, you know, you, is this a rock star? Like mm-hmm. that we actually ask ourselves, are, are all of our team members, we have team members all over the world, really, mm-hmm. um, in our business. And, um, and they're all independent. Like these are, these people are experts in what they do and they help our business grow. And we evaluate, is this a rock star? Is this person just the best out there for this? You know what I mean? Everyone can improve. I'm not saying that, right? Like all of us have. But well, speak for yourself. I know there, Pete's, right? Pete's already at his peak. Um, <laughs> Awkward. Um, but I think that's something that we have learned through 20 something years of real estate is that the players that you have on your team will be the ones that, you know, sink you or, or keep you going floating yes, or whatever. Yes. Keep that's float, yeah right. let's yeah let's use that one <laughs> put yeah. that in the heather said something yeah. <laughs> completely off book which my middle daughter does have right uh, but you know i i guess i guess that kind of brings things full circle i mean that's what we do now that's what um our kind of business model is within the real estate investing we flip land but we know we're, we're not naive and we know that there's many other ways to make money within the real estate investing mm-hmm. space. And that's our goal with this whole podcast. We want to learn in. everything that's about right. from all the experts on all the I want to download ways. their brains and right. put them into mine. Yeah. Like have about an hour and a half conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Ask them who should do it. Why should they do it? How are they doing it? What are they making? I want to know like how yeah, much money oh, yeah. they're making. Cause yeah, I don't want any of that. Ask all that stuff. Yeah. And I want to know how they invest their real estate money. Oh, you know what? While we're on that top topic, how much are you making? We, we've always been kind of big on the transparency thing on how things are going, like this business model, like what's truly capable. And I don't really know what's capable. I just know what we're doing right now. And mm-hmm. we've got goals of, of how we want to increase it over time. But And, and that's why we decided to do um, monthly income reports. Our first year for 2021, we, we did a, a full year wrap up of like all our revenue that we did, like all the deals that we did, you know, how much money we made on each deal and everything like that. So we've got that posted on our website, turningprofit.com. And then every month we post a monthly income report, which shows even in further detail, like what we did this particular month, how much revenue did we bring in? How much profit did we earn? How much like did we make off of each deal? Like what do we learn on each one of these deals? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the goal by doing that is to kind of show you like what's, what's maybe possible in this business. And, and if and you our, dedicate. Right. You know, and our growth curve. And exactly. I, I want to say, you know, we did this for the blogging too. And um, I was really uneasy about it because I feel like there's, there was, um, I don't know. It felt like it was a weird thing to be sharing, like how much money we made. Yeah. I mean, and we don't BS. It's like actually sharing how much, you know, and, and we would say like, this doesn't include all of our costs in a lot of different things. And um, Pete hasn't shown me these income reports yet. So mm-hmm. for this, but maybe you'll share. You should it. go there. Turningprofit.com. Oh, and then I can sign up and I'll get them. So right. if I give you my email address, I get to see all your income. No, you'll actually get to see them on there without the income, but, but, okay. we, but what do you, I get to see? Well, you get to see all that stuff that I just 
you know. But if you give an email address, uh-huh. your name and email address, <laughs> then you'll actually get a breakdown of like the first 50 deals we did. Like, uh, yeah, like, um, really, like the de- actual... really detailed breakdown. See, I haven't seen this either. Right. How nice of you to be sharing it with all of right. us at this at this time, because that also makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, oh, well. But I think that I, I'm glad. Oh, well. Birth comes with discomfort. I know. Right? I know. I, it almost feels like bragging. That's, I think, where I always kind of feel like, but it's not. I know not. I'm telling you my issues. Oh, not okay. you, you don't have these issues. I'm saying how I feel. Like, I feel weird sharing this is exactly how much we made each month and all this kind of stuff. And then this is how much we made on the different deals. But the way that you talked me into it in the blogging is the same way that you will talk me into it when you actually tell me all about this since I didn't know about it till now is that it's invaluable for people who are like starting. I think they need to see, first of all, that's how I got you. Like I showed you a report, right? Right. And that's how I got you. And I think some brains work that way. It helps you understand like there is a potential, but the other thing is it helps to see the progress. Like we started, you know what I mean? Like you'll see this, the first year, this is what we did, but then look at this year. And then the deal thing I think is important because I learned from seeing how things are actually done, you know? And I, I learned from like that it's broken apart. It's not just like a monthly thing. The fact that I can see the actual deal and you yeah. knowing you, you wrote a bunch about the actual deal too. Am I right? Right. Exactly. It's weird. Yeah, and it's it's almost just, like I know you. Well, you know, like I said, kind of stumbled into some anecdotes of people saying, hey, I bought this property for 10000 I sold for 30000 Right. I'm like, so I took that piece of information and I kind of ran with that. I thought, oh, this is really cool. We could do this too. And I told Heather about it and she was kind of interested about it. But right. like if I would have had something like this to, to look at and kind of like study and think like, wow, you know, like here's all like here's the first 50 <laughs> deals. You know, and then not just that, like every month after that and breaking down every single deal that we do. So like in one of those deals, what exactly are you sharing in there? What we bought it for, mm-hmm. what we sold it for, mm-hmm. how much gross profit we made, our return on investment, kind of figure out that number, how many days we actually held the property for. And then I talk about the property itself. Like, here's the story with this property. You know, this one was owned by this person. You know, I don't say- Is your blood type by. in there too? No, but you know- Our like, bank here's account number? Went. Like we- our goal was with this one to sell it, you know, quickly. We figured we could, you know, do some clearing on it and then kind of, you know. So pretty much you're sharing everything. Transparency. <laughs> See, I, I think it's great. I'm not upset at all about it. I think that, um, I mean, of course I am because I'm more private than you. But on the other hand, I think that that would have been invaluable for you to have. Yeah. And being nosy as I am, I would love to read it. Well, you know I, what I mean? I'm the type that I would have like studied that. And right. That and I would have learned a lot. From you would have been like, I could emulate I, Actually, this. I probably would have, you know fast forwarded six, nine months in, in my progress, just like reading having all that. those and like, yeah, just having that information. It's um, very niche, you know, I guess information, but it well, I like when we talk about a deal too, you'll be, I'll ask you like, well, you know, like you, what you said, like, like, oh, we cleared it. I'm sure you'd say something like that. We did this kind of stuff, all that. To me, that's how, what I think is interesting because it makes it, it's not just a piece of land. It's almost like a, its own little thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it personalizes it. Right. Anyways. Okay. I'm cool with it. And I've got some big plans for the future to kind of like really get into that. Oh, great. Even more so than we're doing now. (laughs) Okay. I believe you. Um, I created a monster and now I have to live with it, literally. No, I think it's going to be really cool because I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, I could do this. And also, you know, you talked about our first deal being $17,000, but we've done deals that were in the 2,000, 3,000, 5,000. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not like you don't have to have 17,000 to get started. Well, the other interesting thing is, I mean, there's a couple different ways to do this business, but the interesting thing is that we we did most, most all of our deals, except for aside from two at this point, we've done them with our own money. You know, like we bought, we sent the wire. With cash. Like we sent the wire, Mm -hmm. you know, like we got all the profits. 
But there's also a whole group of people within this industry that will actually put up the money for your deals. So even if you don't have the money to for like for the deals, wait, themselves. you didn't tell me about that. You said I had to put my money for your deals. Well, yeah. So we. I'm just more kidding. <laughs> yeah, but um, so there's a whole whole group of people that are like looking to partner with you on these deals, and that's what they call them. They call them deal partners. So essentially, say you have a property and you get it under contract for fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. As long as it's a really good deal, and you know, it's you should only be buying really good deals. As long as it's a really good deal, there there are plenty of people out there that will fund that deal for you. Meaning they'll send the whole fifty thousand dollars to escrow to close the deal, and then essentially you're partners with them in the deal. So when it sells, then you guys split the profits. Okay, so I would get. I mean, not a, not accounting for escrow stuff and all that kind of thing, but like if it was just that, it'd be like I'd get twenty five thousand, he would get twenty five, or she would get twenty five thousand exactly. plus their fifty thousand, they would right. get back. So it's actually a win for them because you know it's it's uh, you know we, we hate the term passive mm-hmm. investing because there's always some active elements to that, right? But it's it's pretty passive because they're not finding the deals, they're not wor- worrying about selling it and the marketing or anything like that. But they put up the money and they get a really solid return. So they evaluate it there like right. this is a good deal. I mean, how are you going to like how could someone make that kind of money? I mean, on their money. It's you like know an I mean? infinite return on investment, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. I mean, you, you've got a you've got the overhead, you've got expenses for sending out mail and generating the deal and everything, but in reality, you're not putting any of your money towards the deal. You find the deals, there's there's money out there mm-hmm. for it. And it's not traditional banks either. These are individuals that that's kind of their business is they fund these land land deals. So do we have it on our schedule to do one? Like, I think it'd be good to get into this for everybody too, to, to share more about land flipping. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be doing episodes, uh, digging into this business model and kind of going really deep into it. Because I have questions. Yes. I know. <laughs> Lots of questions. Always questions for me. <laughs> Whether I can answer them or not is another thing. <laughs> Pretty good at it. Uh, but uh, we'll be digging into land investing, land flipping, and then we'll also be going into Lots of other business models. And you know what else that I do want to bring up too mm-hmm. uh, that we haven't even talked about is our kids. Yeah. Yes. And that's actually, that's a really big thing. Now with the blogging, they they were part of the blog. They wrote stuff. They were in all the pictures. They were in the videos. They did all that stuff, right? We've always done all of our businesses as a family business. And so this is no different. Right. Right. And the no girls different. were seeing, uh, in, in two of them, 22 and 20, and right. then a 12-year-old. They're kids, but you know. We're, they're not, yeah. The 12-year-old, she's definitely a kid. The other two are adults, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think it's interesting because at this age, we said, you know, you could do, and we need to get into college and all that kind of stuff. We'll have to do another whole podcast right. on that. But, you know, we've always said, we'll fund your college if you want to go to college, but that's not our goal no. for you to have a degree. We don't not, you do not have to go to college. You could take that money and buy a house with it, whatever you want to do. But they came back to us and said something different, right? right. Um, what did they say? Well, they, I mean, they were interested in doing what we were doing. They saw that it was working and they, they, they thought it was really interesting. So, you know, and they're expert deal hunters. They love to do yes, that. Exactly. They have that. We like employ you. them now to uh-huh. kind of, you know, I, I give them various tasks within the land business to kind of in all aspects of it, because I'm trying to teach them exactly how to do it. So and we don't pay very well no. to them. They're not making they're not getting rich off of this employment. This is just um, they're getting rich in another way. Right. Well, they uh, so so we decided like, hey, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if they, you know, like did their own deals? You know, like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, 20 and 22, if I had like that sort of opportunity or that to, to do something like that, it would have been amazing. Do you know what I would have done with that money? 
<laughs> you have one guess. What would I have done with it? Spent it. Right. On what? Clothes. Yeah, that's know. exactly it. Yeah. And thankfully, they don't take after me in that uh, way. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're very money conscious. Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, they they expressed a lot of interest in, in maybe doing some deals. So they said, okay, well, let's let's make it happen. So we had uh, a couple of deals kind of uh, come across the table that were smaller ones, you mm-hmm. know, like smaller ones. That we try to focus on, on a little bit bigger deals now just because it's more efficient for us that way. So we said, look, if, you, if you're interested, if you want to buy this property, you can buy it and then you can we'll show you how to do the, everything and, and you can resell it. So long story short, they had about $8,000 initially that they had saved up. It's like 4000 each. 4000 yeah. each. And they pulled it together. This is our two older daughters. They started their own company. Right, so, yeah. exactly. And they did the their first deal. And I don't even remember the numbers on it. But Good, because you didn't ask them permission to share it. Okay. No, just kidding. We're, we're going to do a whole episode. Yeah. We're actually, we're going to do a whole case study. Actually, they just so. asked me. They're like, so when do we get to go on? Like, Because right. they're, they're excited about this. Right. But they've turned that 8000 into 64000 64000 now. Yeah, in about a year's time. Mm-hmm. And that's not even- Four deals, I think. Yeah, so, was it four? De- yeah, I think four smaller deals. And they have one right now that they own. Right, and they, and have- they pick like they have their own criteria for what they want to do, and they have big goals. Like, um, one of them wants to get into apartments. She mm-hmm. wants to own apartments, and the other one wants to do like duplexes and stuff right. like that. So, as part of this podcast, we're mm-hmm. gonna follow. We're gonna do like an ongoing case study. So periodically, we'll do ep- episodes with them. We'll talk to them about their own journey and kind of what they're learning and what they're doing and how their business is growing. So you can see kind of real time, like what's, what's possible. They're going to start sending out dedicated mail just right. themselves. Well, they're going to like start over from scratch. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're yeah. going to, they're going to do the whole system just like when we started doing this, mm-hmm. but do it for themselves and uh, we'll see where it leads. Then you wish we had had us. Yes. We're so awesome. Yeah. So kidding. awesome. Um, so amazing. Yeah. But I'm excited to see that. I mean, obviously they have an advantage in the sense that they were able to already take that seed money, you know, and, and multiply it. And they have you. Right. You know, I mean, but, but, but the concept, like it's, they're going to do it, all the actual Yeah. I mean, the evaluations. concept is the same. I mean, like they bought the properties, they did everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we advised them along the way, like how to do it, but if we didn't buy it, they bought it. Right. And in fact, um, they actually declined one of the properties that we had available, right? And then you went and sold it. I said, hey, do you guys want this property? I've got this one available coming up because we, you know, we had kind of like a lot. We were closing at one time and I was like, if you guys want to take one of these, that's good. You know, go for it. And uh, so I offered them this one. They're like, eh, I don't know. I just, you know. There was not even a reason. I was like, okay. And then what happened? I don't know. We sold it right away and and made like Uh $20,000. And they were like, oh, Oh, why? And I was like, yeah. that was like actually a really good lesson. Yeah. Like you just learned, right. you know, a very good lesson. And that's okay. It's okay to say no, because mm-hmm. what if it, ha- you know what I mean? Right. Our goal is we don't lose money. Right. And we yeah. haven't. Exactly. Right. Yeah, knock on wood. We haven't lost money on any of our deals. We're no. approaching a hundred now. So. Right. And so we've, and we've made a considerable amount, but we've never lost any. Um, and I told them like, if it, if a deal doesn't feel right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always okay to walk away. Yeah. I go, there's going to be a a lot of times when you're going to kick yourself. Mm -hmm. And, but the thing is that you just need to be looking at, okay, well, the next one, you know? I've seen that happen with, with, with us too. Like there's deals that I passed on and I saw them like sold to another investor probably. Mm -hmm. And then they resold it and they made a bunch of money and I, you know, I missed out. Right. It's enough to go around. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There there really is. (laughs) I know. And I think that's going to be, um, it'll be an interesting series um, because I want, we're going to actually follow them and they're 
I was joking that you don't have permission to share, but you do. They they said that, but they're actually eager to talk about what it's like being that age and doing this, why mm-hmm. they chose to do it. And then like the struggles that they're facing, you know, like I, I have no idea what they will be, but I'm sure there will be struggles because anyone yeah, learning a struggles. business, right? But it's, yeah. you know, anytime. So and I think it'll be interesting too, because I think this whole system works. It doesn't matter your age. Mm-hmm. So regardless, um, that's what the Turning Profit podcast is going to be about, featuring business models in all forms of real estate investing mm-hmm. and also about our own journey and you know following our path. So really excited about it. And it's been a long time coming. And we did it. Yeah, we Finally. did it. So episode number one is now in the books. And we've got some great guests lined up for the uh, some future episodes here. So I think you'll be pretty impressed with that. Yeah, I'm excited to share with you guys. And thank you for joining us. Um, yes. And then I guess if they want to find us, where can they find us? Turningprofit.com. I don't even know yet. Okay. Turningprofit.com. That's okay. it. That'll lead you to everything Pete and Heather. Okay. Sounds good. Well, yeah. for better or for worse, yeah. this is Pete and Heather. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.